I'm in Music Millennium, a ginormous record store here in East Portland. As soon as you step in, it's clear you've entered a space built by music lovers for music lovers. Jeez, just when you think that you can't get enough vinyl, there's more vinyl. I've come to Music Millennium on the recommendation of a local, Jason Seacrest. Oh, there's an upstairs. He's the drummer in an iconic indie rock band, Portugal the Man. More vinyl, okay. (laughs) In a city full of record shops, this one is his favourite. And I can totally see why. (laughs) Oh my God. What, you can sit in this barber chair and just like listen to CDs on this discman? What the hell? Of course they sell incense here. Hi, I'm Faustina Rigoli, and this is Portland, the US city with the most record stores per capita. This particular one opened in 1969, the same year as Woodstock. That half century has seen so much change across music, and this store has stayed standing through all of it, bearing witness. The constant evolution of music, that's what makes it such an exciting art form to me. It's always growing and changing and surprising you. And Portland has always been in the thick of it. In this episode of Portland Unpacked, I sit down with a few people who have all come to Portland for the same thing, music. I want to understand what makes this place the musical heartbeat of America's West Coast. Sitting down with Jason and Zach from Portugal, the man, I realised that in many ways, their coming to Portland story is a classic one. The full band originally came from Alaska. Um, I first moved down to Oregon to go to college or to attempt to go to college, but I just ended up starting a band and not doing school anymore. What drew these guys to Portland in the first place was its reputation as a music-loving city. When you're from Alaska, you know, we grew up and we just, uh, we loved the woods, we love the mountains, we love the tundra, but we also loved music. We liked rock and roll and hip hop. And we knew that we couldn't we couldn't really go anywhere in Alaska. You can be the biggest band in Alaska and there's only a few cities you can really play at that level. For decades, Portland has been synonymous with punk, grunge and indie rock. Music is in the city's blood. One club comes to mind in particular, and that's the Satyricon. It had history. The Satyricon was a legendary punk venue in the 90s and early 2000s in Portland. It's apparently where Kurt Cobain first met Courtney Love after a show. It was a grind for every band, and it was a gross little small stage, you know, with, like, carpet pulling up, bad PA. It was basically like, if your band is good enough... You just won't sound like total crap. Playing the Satyricon was a rite of passage for up-and-coming punk and rock bands. In all its glory. And you know, it's like, parking sucks. Park two blocks away and carry this crap in. You know? And then it's like, okay, sweet, so uh, there's four bands tonight. Uh, Where should I put my gear? I don't know, man. You can't put it there, though. (laughs) And you're just like, all right. That kind of chaos. And then, you know, and you're just like, oh, God, give me drinks and let's just rock this. Yeah, and that's why it's so good. 
Now this is what I always thought of when I thought of Portland. A scrappy, kinetic, freaky kind of energy that fed the wider alternative music scene for decades. It was a real deal. And right at the centre of it were venues like the Satyricon. And, you know, several clubs kind of sort of followed. Cans of beer, maybe not being ice cold. Stinky room that if you're hungover, you might barf. Venues like the Tube. That was basically like a train car-sized tin snip metal aluminum box where as soon as you crashed a cymbal or a guitar you would grab your ears in pain. For some reason, people would go there for shows. That was crazy. For bands like Portugal the Man, so much of being an artist in Portland means walking the path paved by the greats that came before you. The Shins, Modest Mouse, Elliot Smith, the Danny Warhols, Courtney Love. That, that feeling of when you do actually get to go up onto a stage where other people who have influenced you before have actually done it there too, that's the connective tissue. Every venue, every record store, every studio has its own mythology, reminding you whose shoulders you're standing on. You know, they're telling stories about like like cleaning all the cocaine out of the faders and stuff, and you're like, wow, that's not going to make me write a better song. <laughs> However, you try. You hope for the ghost in the machine, and you hope for that. But you, it's about the spirit and the walls that are in the things, and everybody takes those steps. Except not everybody takes those steps. While this time in Portland's history set the table of creative culture for decades to come, paving the way for bands like Portugal the Man, the path hasn't been so straight for everyone. Why is that? This is a question Jenny Moore's given a lot of thought to. Jenny grew up in Oregon. She moved to Portland a few years ago to build on her career as a music journo and is currently the music editor of the Portland Mercury. I always have just like loved live music in general. I go to a lot of soul and like R&B shows and I like rock music. I like punk music sometimes. I like pop. I love hip hop too, but uh, it's just funny because I feel like people think of me as like this hip hop head, but I do love it. When she settled here about five years ago, this hip hop fan was a little disappointed. I would look in the paper and be like, okay, what hip hop is coming to town or what like local R&B or hip hop is happening in the scene. And just like Googling hashtags or like just putting in like Portland hip hop. And I just wouldn't find anything. What's weird about this is that across the rest of America, the hip hop genre has exploded over the last decade. Think Drake, Kendrick Lamar, Cardi B, some of the biggest artists of this generation. In a music-loving city like Portland, Jenny wondered why hip-hop was not really happening. And she soon realised it was because there wasn't space. Literally. In the 90s and in the early 2000s, there was a lot of clubs and jazz bars that aren't here today. Like, there's just been closure after closure over the last two decades. Um, So I think that was a big part of it, too, was that there weren't a lot of places for hip-hop to exist. Hip-hop was having a hard time finding a home. This was then compounded by one particular incident. It happened in 2014, just before Jenny moved to Portland, at a venue called The Blue Monk. The Blue Monk used to be like this really old jazz club that did shows. And there was um, an Immaculate concert happening. Immaculate is a Portland rapper. And there was a big um, police presence that arrived and like 
evacuated a bunch of people and like basically tried to like shut down the show. And I think what ended up happening is Ilmac like basically stopped the show because the police were like ruining it. And he was like, I'm not performing another show in Portland until like the police stopped targeting black people. Um, then shortly after that, Blue Monk closed. The incident led to a government review into how the Portland police treat hip hop events. But for the community, it was a huge blow. It's like a big moment where everyone was just like, wow, so what is the future of this scene? Like, what are we going to do now? That was five years ago. And a lot has changed since. For one, I've only been in Portland for a week and I've already been to three hip-hop gigs. And they were some of the most creative, genre-breaking gigs I've been to in my life. So how did we get to this point? Where hip-hop is not just alive again, but thriving in Portland? Well, a lot of people, like Jenny, got to work. Building on the hustle that Portland hip-hop artists had already been doing for years. Like I said, there's not really many places for black people to play music in Portland. There's a lot of like mixed bills happening and I feel like that is a response to the past. And now there is that sector of the music scene and like the venue owners who are like, no, we wanna actually have more hip hop at our venues. Like venues that you wouldn't think would have hip hop, like little like country looking bars will have hip hop shows now and it's, Really cool to see. Born Out of This Push was a new monthly event at Kelly's Olympian called The Thesis. The Thesis is every first Thursday of every month, and I help out with it. This December will be its five-year anniversary, and it was created as like a, we're making a home for hip-hop. It's just really funny because that bar is like, a biker bar, you know, like they have like all these like bikes hanging from the ceiling and it's like, you go there any other day and it's just like dudes on bikes like watching the game or whatever. It's like a very quirky Portlandy setting for a hip hop show. But every first Thursday, it's like our little hip hop like ritual almost. I feel like there wasn't a home for it until the thesis got developed. And what's cool is so last month, Ilmac came and performed at the thesis, which was kind of like a full circle moment. To see him at the thesis after that was just like really cool. Now Portland hip hop is having a moment. And Portugal the man have a theory about why it gels so well with the city's grunge punk roots. Hip hop I feel is kind of the new punk. They're the people kind of pushing the envelope and doing new and different shit. Rock and roll has sadly been pretty safe and soft for a while where it used to be you know, the devil's music and used to be the, the shit really pushing it. And now I think hip hop is. Which isn't to say that Portland's love of punk and grunge is over. Instead, it's this cool coming together where you'll see everyone on the same lineup. It's a mixed bag of spaces all over town. Case in point, I went to a gig last night, Portland rapper Dodger, headlining a huge hip hop showcase at the Roseland Theatre. And Portugal the man emceed the event. Portland, Oregon, how are you doing tonight? My name is Zach. I play in a band called Portugal the Man. This is Jason, Kyle, Zoe, John. We live here. This is our home. Holy shit. The best place in the world. We don't necessarily host Portland hip hop shows 
often. <laughs> the world out there kind of looking like undercover cops. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Dodger's a very close friend of ours. And for the record, pretty much our favorite artist in Portland. represents the positivity, the creativity, the diversity of this whole city is what it's all about. Our dear friend, Dodger. The Roseland Theatre is a big venue. On any other night, Portugal the Man could be headlining, but instead, they were here to show their support for hip hop and share the stage. Supporting Dodger was another local favourite, who goes by Marquee. They're a genderqueer artist who rapped and vogued with incredible backup dancers and basically blew everybody's minds. Everyone involved was just so cool, and the energy of last night was just so positive and futuristic, man. Portland goes above and beyond with its level of support it gives artists. And walking through the streets as a punter, music is a living, breathing part of the city. It's an energy you feed off. For the concert goer, I feel like it's like a jackpot. There are so many shows you could be going to and having a blast at and connecting with people. And it's so cheap. (laughs) Like these shows are not that expensive and the artists are really, really dope. And I think a lot of them obviously are going to like blow up to be bigger. Like, you know, a lot of already have. And so like now's the time (laughs) to catch to catch all these acts. While I'm here, I'm keen to go to as many gigs as I can, so I asked Jenny, who should I keep an eye out for? Straight away, she says Kayla J. Kayla J is awesome. She is a little <laughs> fireball. I had a quick listen to Kayla J, and she kills it. Her album is called Dyke, and it stands for Don't Yield, Keep Enduring. And she's not shy about it on the album cover. On her head, she has, like, her dreads are, like, in the shape of the acronym. Like, it says Dyke on her head, like, in dreadlocks. So I feel like she's kind of as Portland as it gets. (laughs) I wanted to chat to someone living their early career artist life in Portland, experiencing the evolving music landscape firsthand. Kayla J came to meet me at the Jupiter Next. It's gross. <laughs> Are those motorcycle pants? Yeah. They're so cool. I thrifted them. Oh, such a good sick. find. And we hit it off straight away. Are there any misconceptions about the hip-hop scene in Portland from the outside? I think misconceptions about Portland in general is that people really do not know that there's black people here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's number one. <laughs> Kayla J decided she wanted to be a rapper when she was just seven years old. It happened while she was part of an out-of-school program. It's like a summer school, it's an after-school program, um, and it started, you know, just for, like, um, like underprivileged youth, pretty much, like youth of color, and just, like, trying to get them out the streets and just keep them out of trouble. But, you know, we would have certain little competitions and stuff because we would have little assemblies, and then they would be like, okay, who wants to come up here and win some points for their team? And it's like, you could dance, you could rap, you could just do anything. Uh, I, like, wrote a rap, and I memorized it. 
oh my god I memorized it and then I went up there and I just like said it and everybody was just like yeah yeah that was tight and I was like oh yep I'm a rapper now (laughs) (laughs) and it was like one of the things that like made me cool like you know because I was so like just a confused child Growing up, Kayla J struggled with the big questions, like her sexuality and what she should do with her life. Rap was the dream. But maybe it was a pipe dream. There was pressure from her family to focus on going to college and vying for job security. It seemed like the sensible path to take. So she went ahead and did that. And once she graduated, once she'd shown herself and her family what she could do academically, she found a whole new confidence. I was already on this path of like achieving these levels of happiness and figuring out myself and figuring out what I wanted. I had like came out as gay and that was kind of like the last step. My inner self was like, all right, you know, you came out, but what about like how you wanted to, you know, pursue music and stuff like that? Like, what about all that? Like, you're not, you're not going to do that part. So she went for it. And it was playing the thesis that put her on the map. That, like, that, that, that really jump-started me. Like, I started to get booked for shows after shows after I performed for that. Kayla J's rap career is pretty new, which means she's coming up in this new era of Portland music. And things are different now. We really do have a thriving hip-hop scene. It's getting bigger, like, it's getting more recognize like I I probably came into the scene at like the perfect time people are writing about it we have like black journalists who are writing for all of the major like newspapers and stuff in Portland we just have people in more like um power playing positions mm-hmm. to be able to come together and really put each other on you know what I mean it creates like an ecosystem exactly. right What's different about the Portland scene, do you think, compared to the rest of the United States? We don't have a specific sound. Like, we don't... All of our artists don't sound alike. You'll never come to Portland and be like, oh, this is what Portland sounds like. Everybody sounded like this or like that. Like, we're all just, like, a melting pot of just, like, different unique artists, different sounds being influenced by literally everything. Kayla J's right. From what I've seen so far, it's impossible to put any part of Portland's music scene in a box. But one thing I have noticed about hip-hop here is that it's very queer and embracing of gender diversity. It creates this whole new vibe in the genre that I've never experienced anywhere in the world before. The queer music scene is so lit here. At all the shows that I go to, no drama or nothing like that. People are just there to just... Have a good time. Jenny agrees. That's something that is kind of unique to Portland. Like, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, black people don't want to live in Portland. It's like, well, what if you're queer and black, though? Like, a lot of queer people of color love Portland because they actually feel, like, safe and comfortable to be queer here. I thought back to watching Marquis voguing on stage. The feeling in the room was just so electric and respectful at the same time. 
not just of the performers, but of everyone else around them. For me, being black and queer, it was really emotional seeing Marquis on stage doing their thing with so much confidence. Like, I almost cried. And this feeling was just amplified because I was surrounded by this crowd who were just there for all the right reasons. But yeah, watching watching Marquis last night was just unbelievable. I felt like I felt like I was watching Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar this, as the same person. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck me, this show is awesome, fucking powerful, like unapologetic." Mm-hmm. Like so, that was just really dope. And I actually told them after that show, I was like, "Bro, you inspired like that, that inspired me so much." Like I'm I'm most inspired by like my peers that are like working in Portland and like doing super dope stuff. Yeah, I see hip hop in Portland becoming like the most popular genre uh just just in Portland just in the music scene because I feel like it's just growing and it's thriving and it's it can only keep growing and keep getting bigger. Portland is still the musical heartbeat of the West Coast. It's all blending together and it's going to come to a head real quick. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be fucking awesome. A new Cobain is just he, she, they. Like, somebody's going to pop up and just seriously change shit any minute. In many ways, Portland has shown me how high it sets the bar culturally. And when it comes to music, the bar is extremely high. I was blown away by the calibre of the shows I saw across town. From big gigs in iconic spaces like the Crystal Ballroom and Revolution Hall to intimate sets at the tiny Haylove Bar. As a music lover, I quickly found my people, and the crowds were so welcoming and respectful. It's not overrun by dickheads or music snobs. Here, you can come as you are. Portland's always kind of weird, like a lot of cities. It's a mix of holding on to where you came from and where you're going in the future. Last night we saw the future stuff, but then you'll still, you can go around and you'll see somebody in like three-piece suit with the jacket off and a vest, you know, playing some kind of you know old just like classic portland indie rock and somewhere in between is where you really find the strength in the community and that's where like all good history and kind of cultures is it's like it's not being afraid to push things forward but still like fighting tooth and nail for what the city is and it's and it's a mix of both of those things i'm faustina Rigoli, and this is portland unpacked Coming up on Portland Unpacked. I would wear my most expensive or my craziest shoes, but I'm cleaning toilets. So they'll be like, man, why are you wearing those? I'm like, because I want to be at your desk. I don't want to be doing this, you know? And I'm pretty open about that kind of stuff. I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. 